Welcome to Polly Wanna Podcast, a polyamory podcast. We're about to curse and talk about sex a lot. So don't say that I didn't warn you. I'm your host, Britt Bosacek. I'm not a professional, I'm not an expert, and I'm not a unicorn. Enjoy the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, if you want to hear more frequent episodes, please support patreon.com slash SYBS, just a dollar a month, and you get access to this interview early, for example, um, and the nudes and all the extra content. So that really helps, and I can put out more episodes the more subscribers that we have. So you can hear my voice more often if you want. Um, this interview, I sat down with Shay, an amazing creator uh, a polyamorous, genderqueer, pansexual rocket ship of amazing creativity. So fun to talk to. Um, hopefully my new best friend. I'm really excited to share this interview with you, so I won't monologue for too long. But I do want to say, if you have polyamorous art, I would love for you to send it to me so that we can disseminate all of this delicious, ethical, non-monogamous art to the masses in the way that Shay and that team surrounding Polygon has done. So please check out the links that are in the description so we can help support Polygon and send me any stuff that you have so that I can see it and share it with all the listeners that are tuning in now and on the Facebook page, which you can like if you haven't yet. Enjoy the show. Okay, so um, my name is Shay. I am the writer and creator of Polygon. Um, I am polyamorous, pansexual, and um, genderqueer. So Polygon has a unique view on, like, DIY relationships, and it appeals to, like, a younger hookup culture, but also to, like, the swingers community and the growing number of Americans that identify as poly or are curious about non-monogamy. They say that there's 5% of the United States right now that identifies as polyamorous. Um, or not monogamous, and that's only serving, you know, a couple thousand people. I, I'm sure that there are many people that are closeted and not willing to be open about their relationship statuses. And mm-hmm. so, all, so we're, we're looking at audiences that love alternative relationship structures, like the people that love the show Big Love on HBO. Um, the people who love family dramas, like This Is Us, will be super invested in the family that we've created. And um, the LGBT community that fell for the L word mm-hmm. will love seeing their relationship archetypes displayed for the world again. That's amazing. So, yeah, what was it about? Because there are so many ways to poly. What was it yeah. about that the thruple or the triad that drew drew you in? Like, why those characters in that configuration? Yeah. So I knew when I was writing this that I wanted to focus on a triad to show audiences that. The relationship challenges that they face are parallel to those of monogamous couples, especially when considering family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to show people that this can be a home that, like, albeit might be in a bad position at this time, but through flashbacks and through, like, you seeing their day-to-day of who's watching the child and everything, that, like, this is a way that you can bring a family up. Um, and I wanted to focus on that because, like, I have my little poly daydream of, like, doing Sunday dinners every week when I'm, like, a real adult and not, like, <laughs> you know, this, like, fake adult thing. And having everybody over on Sundays, like, my partner, my partner's partners, my partner's partners, partners, and, like, all of our kids and having, like, a big Sunday dinner. And I want to be able to have that, like, openness and be able to, like, have that 
that communication with like my children especially that it's like there's nothing wrong with what your parents are doing Mm -hmm. like they're happy and everybody that's involved is ethical and like communicative yeah for sure I think that people really do latch on I mean this happens anytime like something isn't hetero where Um, like people are like well what about the children you know, like there's exactly. some kind of weird, like yeah. everyone's expecting us to just tell our kids like, Hey, yeah, guess how many people I'm fucking like anyone would ever do that. No exactly. matter. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's really not just the triad that's like represented because, you know, a triad is composed, um, comprised of three different parts. So there's the differences of like what Sam wants in polyamory, what Alex wants in polyamory, what Parker wants in polyamory. So you kind of see Alex start diving into, their own world of poly by like going to like meetups and dating this new Taylor girl. And in that you're kind of seeing another version of poly. Like how does Alex relate in a dyad type of situation? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's also like a best friend of Parker who is monogamish. (laughs) I would classify them as, um, I, I don't think that they entirely have themselves worked out. I think they're still kind of like, bumbling around but um amen it's definitely not yeah it's definitely not the same type of poly and i wanted to show that there isn't any one right way to do it and any way that you're going to do any kind of relationship you're going to run into challenges and like the best thing that you can do for it is talk those things out mm-hmm. for sure so what was it about like include the custody battle as kind of like the crux of the plot and, you know, it is super dramatic. And it's something I think that a lot of polyamorous families are terrified of. Are you yeah. worried about, like, portraying these, like, choices? Like, do you worry about what it'll do to the image of non-monogamy? Or do you think it's just a part of the conversation that people are ready for? So I guess I, what I would say to that is that I'm absolutely terrified of my own work. Um, <laughs> it's sort of my worst nightmare. Um which, you know, makes for entertaining television. Um, <laughs> but I've been told, like, from reading side having stuff that this is, like, a bad example of poly. But to those people who question this path that I chose, I would say that unless we learn to examine the nitty-gritty and the ugly parts, like, of any culture, then we can't grow in our awareness um, and we can't find new ethical ways to handle situations and relate to one another. Mm-hmm. Um if we just did a piece that was like, look at this happy triad and everything is hunky-dory, one, there's no conflict in that, so there's nothing interesting. And two, it almost paints the idea of polyamory in a in a light that's maybe not true to its core. Like, there are going to be, just like any kind of relationship structure, there are going to be challenges, there are, there are going to be things that you run into. And I felt that there is no dire need to work out those challenges than when you're in a full-fledged, like, family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. I totally hear that. I And I, yeah, I agree. I think that there's kind of a double standard about the way that monogamous people get to fuck up their families without yeah. any, like, recourse. And then if yeah, one one polyamorous person involved. does it, then it's all, like, that's the that's the way that polyamorous people are, you know? Yeah, you're, like, walking on a tightrope. It's, like, mm-hmm. you're constantly, like, under scrutiny. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel that magnifying glass. So when you talk about 
how, you know, a new person is coming into the relationship, like in the pilot, that kind of sets up all of these, this potential for, for all these dynamics that you can explore. How would you say, like, since you wrote the characters, would you say that Alex is like solo poly? Like, what do you think, how do these characters identify internally and what does that do for them, you know, in the story? How does that motivate their behavior? Yeah, definitely. So they're all three different types of poly. Um, I'll start with Sam. So Sam is a mother and a partner before all else and is faithful to a fault. Um, I think that she considers herself to be like the most well-versed person in the world of poly and like has listened to every podcast, reads every article. Like it's the type of person that Googles the word polyamory every day to see if like USA Today put something out. Uh. Um, and yeah, and this motivates her to like overcompensate with her communication. Wow. Which you actually just leads problem. Sam is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of the characters like are a little bit of me. Yeah. Like, like little pieces of like things that you've done and been through. Yeah, exactly. So I've totally been that person that's like, well, I heard in this podcast that we should be talking <laughs> about it this way. And then like had my partner be like, seriously, like, I don't want to hear about this podcast again. So like, funny. shut up. We're not even talking anymore for the rest of the night. Um, but I would say that Sam identifies as polyamorous, but, like, her ideal situation would be in to, to be in a closed polyamorous um, unit. Mm-hmm. So, and I actually was just talking to um, my primary partner about this, um, because we have a very near and dear group of friends that, total side note, um, that they are in a closed triad. And he said to me, just like, they're not even poly at all. Like, they think they're poly, but they're not poly. Like, we're poly because, like, we go and, like, go to sex parties and, like, hook up with other people and, like, date other people. Like, we're the real poly. And I said to him, I'm like, I don't really agree with that because the idea of polyamory is, like, the ability to love two people at once. Mm -hmm. And they are doing exactly that in their closed triad. Like, all three of them love each other. So much it's just a different definition of poly and that's kind of what's great about diy relationships yeah for sure i like the term polyfidelity where you have like many but you are faithful to you know like you have like a closed triad or a closed quad or whatever um yeah and i think that there is this way that people you know kind of look at the polyamorous spectrum and they're like oh are they fucking they're poly you know and then they see like they know they probably know a couple that has someone living with them that they hook up with every now and then, and they would never think of that person as polyamorous, especially if they're not out, you know? Yeah. But it's all, it's all like part of whatever you make of it. It's a, it's a relationship to everyone's understanding. Mm -hmm. So So how would Parker um, identify? So we follow Parker through the whole, this all happens in the pilot, right? We follow Parker from thinking that they're like totally polyamorous and down to clown and then all yeah. of a sudden they realize through the relationship. Yeah, so I think that Parker sees himself as an incredibly compassionate partner and person, but he's constantly under scrutiny, not just from Sam being naggy, but also from Alice feeling the, feeling the lack of love between him and Sam growing and growing. He's not incredibly vocal about his intentions or feelings, and it creates a huge sense of tension, um, especially between him and Sam. But I think that he he's known for a while at this point in the story that this isn't what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And 
additionally, they you find out in the pilot episode that him and Sam had opened up their marriage, not because Parker had met somebody, but because Sam had actually met somebody. Oh, and, so that becomes revealed like yeah. as the the current story is being told. Exactly, and and Alex being their partner together was actually was a product of Sam's relationship not working out and Parker saying, well, I want you to meet my partner. And Sam was like, wait, I love Alex. Why don't we both date Alex? Mm. And though it seemed like a really great idea to Parker at the time, and he's just like, yeah, this is fine. He like realized over time, like in two years that it just wasn't, it wasn't what he thought it would be. Um, I think that he feels a little bit trapped by that, especially having this child between the three of them. And it's not as easy as, you know, this is my wife's child, so we're just going to, like, end this relationship and I'll be heartbroken. And he can't really leave his wife and, you know, go be with Alex either because what would society think of him? So I think he feels incredibly trapped. Wow. That's so badass. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really... Yeah, he's a a very troubled person. He's, like, definitely got some drinking tendencies. He's definitely got some, like, anger stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Parker is less of me and more of like a lot of my ex boyfriend. Oh, I love writing those like, characters. Those characters that you can yeah, just like, make like every horrible quality with no guilt. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what's funny is all of my ex girlfriends are lumped into like the super suave girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, guys, <laughs> I'm giving you a bad rap. I didn't mean to, but yeah, they know what they did. Time. Okay, they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a really amazing theme like throughout the stuff that I've been reading and hearing about like being able to explore uh, non-binary gender. And I just want to know like what what you're able to do, like how does it coincide with polyamory or how does it get displayed with polyamory? Like what about gender are you able to say with this story? Um, okay, so Alex identifies as genderqueer, um, but that's not the only person on the gender spectrum that's represented. We have um, cisgender characters, and we have one transgender character. So I wanted to try to dip my toe into all parts of that spectrum to show that, like, these people are just like any other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if you're, like, you know, like, examining the idea of, like, there's a cisgender man who is dating a transgender woman, and, like, how does he identify? Does that mean that he identifies as straight to validate his partner, or does he feel an affinity to the queer community because it's LGBT? Mm-hmm. So those are things that I kind of like threw in there. Um, but Alex is, Alex is the main is the main point of gender throughout the script. Um, they have a really hard time advocating for themselves and speaking their truth for fear of being judged or shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex just has major fears of dismissal. And um, uh, Alex also, like being the third part of their triad, identifies a little bit as a unicorn. Um, which is like underlying an underlying feeling of apprehension um, about like their place in the triad since Sam and Parker were already married, and despite the efforts of Sam and Parker to convince Alex otherwise, they can't shake the feeling that they don't entirely belong. So it's hard for Alex because, you know, as a genderqueer person myself, there are a lot of times where like I have my poly group out here. One of my poly groups it branches out. It's a really messy poly group. Hey, um, get it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really, really sloppy polycule. Um, but we're great. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm into uh, it. I can but, tell. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, we're a weird bunch, um, all of us. Uh, but it's it's weird because you know I'm as a genderqueer person, I'm like definitely like one of the guys. Like I'm one of the guys' guys, but I'm also like one of the girls. And so like there are guys' nights and girls' nights, and I feel like I can't participate in either of those because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm almost like forcing myself into a box that I don't fit into. And I think that Alex feels that way a lot of the times too, that there isn't necessarily a place for Alex, that they don't really have a spot that they belong in just yet. Um, so we also examine gender by having Alex divulge their identity to a few characters, like multiple characters in the script. And there's varied responses from those, um, inside and outside of the polyamorous community. Um, it also shows that regardless of a person's gender identity, that they're still able to parent a child without being considered a mother or a father. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, queerness is brought up in a variety of ways by showing same-sex relationships in the Sam Parker-Alex dynamic. There's also an additional couple, the best friend of Parker, that... Um, has the trans woman and cisgender man in the monogamous relationship. And we have another character who is intimate with the queer community, but largely in, um, ignorant to the gender spectrum. That's Taylor. So, um, and from, from that, we experience what lack of communication can lead to. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have Alex starting to date this Taylor girl and, having her think, well, I'm part of the LGBT community, so I, like, understand everything, but Taylor's never met a genderqueer person before. And, like, though I think a lot of people in the poly community especially are aware that genderqueer people exist, it's very, very, very often that me or, like, my two close genderqueer friends here, like, run into people that are like, wow, I've never met a they-them before. So I'm like, what's that like? Or they're like... Do you like always have a sex sex with strap-ons or or like wow they just ask you that like outright like when they first meet you i have definitely i've been asked that i've Uh. been asked um i've been asked what underwear i wear oh my gosh that's so Um, awkward i get like these strangest questions um it's so funny though and like it's funny because like if um my my primary is like really really good about like when we're meeting new people um saying, like, oh, well, Shay is a they, and um, it's genderqueer, and da 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 Which sounds really cute anyway, like, to yeah. say out loud, yeah. like, Shay's a they, like, yeah. that's adorable. Shay's a they. It's so cute, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he, he's really good at, like, telling people that, like, for me, because sometimes I'm, like, a little bit like Alex. It's hard for me to be, like, uh, because I've met, I've been met so many times with, like, complete, like, oh, well, that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Or I've been met with, well, that's too confusing for me. And that's hard over, over time to, like, continue, like, to get that feedback from people. Yeah. So, like, he'll tell people that. And, like, we've literally even had people, like, say to us, like, so you're dating a trans person? And it's just like, well, no. Like, Shay isn't, like, a trans man or a trans woman. They're genderqueer. So are you gay? <laughs> we yeah. actually, like, two weeks ago had this girl that, like, we went, this, I'm literally full of tangents. Um, we, we went out to, um, to a club together, and um, 
this girl saw us there, I guess, and reached out later, and we didn't know that she had saw us, and she was just like, hey, um, I just wanted to know, are you bi? And I was like, no, I'm straight. And she was like, well, listen, um, I know that's not true, because I saw you making out with a man at House of Yes. And he was like... Who is this bold-ass person who, like, sees a distant make-out and has the audacity? Like, who is this person? I wish that you could read... I wish that you could read these text messages because they were freaking (laughs) awful. But she was like, no, like, that's not a thing. And, like, it turned into this giant argument. And, like, he was like, well, you're lying because I definitely didn't make out with a man at House of Yes. And he's just like, I don't appreciate being lied to. And this girl... Like, literally argues with us and is just, like, completely homophobic and saying, like, terrible, awful things. Good Lord. I decided to take her phone number and, like, call her because I was like, you need to be educated. And um, then she comes back two hours later and she goes, hey, so I just wanted to say that I stalked your Instagram a little and I found your partner's profile and, like, let them know that, like, I'm really sorry, but I'm proud of them for transitioning. And we both Whoa, like, almost. Like, what is this? And I, like, we so realized, close. like, after talking to her a little bit more, that she totally thought that I was, like, a trans woman. Wow. And I was like, actually, that makes my little gender queer heart flutter so much. <laughs> you could have thought that I'm, like, that much of a thing that, like, you have no idea what my gender is. Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, some people really want to guess. They don't want to receive a person without knowing like what's going on with their gender, which seems, I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little privileged cause I live in kind of like a hippie bubble. I can understand how some people outside of it might be confused, but yeah, sometimes people definitely. are just people, I dude. Mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I try to be as like understanding as possible. Sometimes it's exhausting though. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's really exhausting. For sure. Do you ever get that with polyamory? What kind of bubble are you in right now? Like, does that, are people like questioning your monogamy or how does that look for you? Um, for me personally, like, I mean, it's like one of my favorite things ever when somebody's just like, wait, do you're polyamorous? Like, tell me about that. I'm like, oh, let me tell you all about it because my life <laughs> is awesome since I discovered this thing called polyamory. And like, I'm totally happy to be that person to be like the pitch person for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like, like my family is also like insanely supportive. They, like, I'm so lucky to have that. They, like when I told them I was poly, they were like, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay. So we don't have to have, like, a big discussion about this. And, like, I just remember my mom saying, it's just like, well, you're not exactly good at monogamy. Ooh, called out. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, when I was monogamous, like, in the dark ages, I would cheat on every single partner that I had. Literally every single one, which is terrible. Um, but I never cheated on someone, not a single time with somebody that I wasn't like falling for so hard. Mm-hmm. I never had like oh, a one night stand or like a little like fling affair. It was always somebody that I wholeheartedly like wanted to give myself to. And I just didn't have the vocabulary or like the knowledge of, it's completely ignorant to the idea of alternative relationship structures. So I didn't know that, that would be an option for me. Mm-hmm. How did you discover it? What happened? Was it um, just living in New York? Like, <laughs> Actually, no. Um, I reconnected with a friend from college who um, is 
my ex that lives in Pittsburgh. And basically, like, we started dating, and we knew it was long distance. So we were like, okay, I guess we'll do an open thing. And they said to me, um, well, they at the time, he is a trans man now. Um, but for the sake of where the story, yeah. Um, so they at the time um, said to me, well, like, do you know about polyamory? And I'm like, no, like, I don't really know what that is. And he was kind of, my, my ex, E, was like, oh, well, we should, like, try that out and, like, see if that works for us. Um, so I had my first polyamorous relationship in a long distance type of way. Mm-hmm. So that's a starting yeah, point for a lot of people that I've met. Actually, I know a lot of people that started long distance just because of yeah. like, Hey, got to get some. And then they find out like either they love it or they hate it. Like through that trial by fire. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I realized in it, what's funny is, um, they were the one who brought up polyamory and now they're the monogamous one. <laughs> And you're, like, like, thriving. You opened my eyes to, like, a great world. I don't know what you, like, you're missing out on something here. (laughs) That's amazing. So Um, what, can I ask you about your polycule? Do you have, like, a graph, like a diagram? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're amazing. Um, We all went to brunch yesterday. That's Um, awesome. Fucking love it. Yeah. We're really, really great. Um, So um, I, for the first time in two years, have only one partner um, Mm. that I am like, in a committed relationship with. Um, but my partner and I, we play with um, multiple, like, other people. And, like, all of the people that we're playing with know that, like, you know, we play with multiple people. It's not like, you know, we're doing some weird, like, <laughs> swinger-type, like, secretive thing. It's, like, all really open and, like, honest. And um, he has one other partner um, who I used to date, actually. So when I first started dating my partner, Ross, we were in a triad with our other partner. And after like two months of all three of us dating, she came out to me that she's like, look, I'm not bi. Like, I want to be in love with you, but I'm not. Um, So that was, you know, heart-wrenching. Ouch. It is what it is. And Mm -hmm. now she's my metamor, um, which is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, like, that's challenging, but also at the same time, like, I know that she has, like, a great deal of love for me, and, like, you know, we're always going to, like, have each other's backs, and so then she has um, another two partners, um, and so they're tied into the polycule, and one of her partners I, like, sometimes play with, um, and then he has another partner, it's just, so there's, like, six of us. We have from not just the poly scene, but, like, the burner scene in New York, which is really closely tied into the poly scene and, like, the Burning Man community, and um, also, like, the play party community. We have, like, essentially four different groupings of friends that are all, like, basically different polycules. That's amazing. And it's a lot to keep track of. That's so much love. yeah, like, we had a birthday party of over 75 people because we were, like, we have to invite everybody from our poly community. Like, we can't, like, leave out this group but keep this group in. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, but that's what, I, that, that, that's what I'm so happy about. Like, I've never had this huge of a community in my life. I've always craved that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had, like, small friend groups, but I've never had something where it's, like, like, if I were to, like, post on Facebook, like, right now, like, 
I'm in a really bad place. I need somebody to come over with hot cocoa. I would guarantee you by like maybe three hours from now, I would have like four people here. Aww. Yeah, I have like total full faith in that. That's so sweet. Yeah, I love, I think like the concept of communal love is so beautiful. Like we don't really have, like it's not geographic anymore because we all like move away and like our family structures are so different. So we don't have villages unless we make them. And like to be able to have like love and the occasional fuck like at the center of like why we're all here, like that energy is just so yummy to me. Yeah, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. It's like you just want to dive into it all together. Yeah, it's such like a warm feeling to just like have yeah. honest and open love. Yeah, we had my um, we had my birthday party on Friday, and just like a small small thing, um, like I had two birthday parties because it's like my birthday month. Actually, I've decided it's my birthday year. <laughs> That's badass. Like, this is gonna keep going. Um, but I have like like key people from every poly group like that I'm a part of like over at my place on Friday and it was just so great because all of those groups are starting to intermingle too mm-hmm. and because they keep seeing each other at the same events because like we keep inviting like the same people and it's just really really great to see that inclusion start to grow even more and more yeah that's really beautiful that's so great I'm yeah. so jelly yeah it's um it's actually it's something that's so I don't know, I'm, I'm just so, I, I feel so incredibly fortunate. Because I also hear about, like, my friends that are poly in, like, different cities and stuff, and they don't necessarily have, like, or even, like, rural towns, they don't really have the ability to have what I have. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm never leaving New York. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be that old granny on the subway train. Um, so tell me about like your creative journey, like what, like about your writing and your art. I'm really curious about that, about like your life. Um, yeah. So I guess my creative journey is I, I used to journal a lot, Mm -hmm. but I, I journal like in a way that like the stream of consciousness is almost dialogue. And I think that's from my background, um, of being in theater that I put so much weight on the words that people use um, mm-hmm. and, like, the selection of, like, this phrase versus that phrase and how it impacts people. Um, so I, I find dialogue to be, like, an extremely crucial thing, especially because I'm such a communication freak. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 let's talk all of this out for, like, four hours, like, literally, like, all the time with, with the partners that I've had. They're just like, no. We're not talking about this anymore. I'm like, don't you just want to, like, feel it with me? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I guess my creative process is what I what I did for most of this. It actually, really weird story. It started out, like, as a story of a polyamorous community on Mars. Because <laughs> I didn't think that audiences would be able to actually, like, wrap their heads around, like, polyamory existing in real life so I was like okay let's make it like in the future in my perfect like little poly dream where like Elon Musk sent like 50 of us up to Mars and we're all like in this perfect like polycule and like raising a child it was going to be um 
it was going to be titled It Takes a Village. Mm-hmm. But we went with Polygon because it's a good pun. Like, yeah. Polygon the shape and, like, you're thinking about, like, the configurations of, like, different relationship dynamics and also the word gone. Mm-hmm. Like, because you have one partner who's leaving. So, and I really like puns because I'm basically a walking dad joke. Hey, well, let me so. tell you, theater, like, so many theater kids became polyamorous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of yeah. word nerds in the polyamorous community. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny because, like, I I wouldn't even just say theater kids. I would just say, like, a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I last weekend was at one of my friends. She is, like, a composer, like, on the piano. I was at, like, her concert in her home um, in Brooklyn. And, like, with all of, like, my poly friends and, like, the weekend before, my friend Dorothy had, like, an art show, and, like, everybody went to that. Like, it's really kind of great because we're all so incredibly supportive of each other's art. Like, I have so many people that are like, oh, I'm going to help, like, promote your, like, entire thing, and, like, I really love what you're doing. And it's also, like, really, really great that, like, I hear on almost a daily basis from somebody in my community, like, thank you so much for doing this. Like, I don't have the guts to do what you're doing, and, like, it's really great that somebody's, like, putting this into work. Aww. So. That's yeah, awesome. They, they keep me going. They definitely keep me going. Yeah, I think people are really horny for poly stuff right now. Like, yeah, it's time. I mean, it's, it's a huge discussion topic. And, like, the thing is, like, I mean, there's, like, small examples of it. Like, Shameless had a minute um, that they had, like, a throuple happening in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... There are, like, documentary shows, like, about polyamory, but there really isn't a narrative story devoted to the world of polyamory. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an important time to have that discussion. Yeah, and also just showing it for what it really is. Like, I'm so glad it's not on Mars, you know, like, because there are families here right now on Earth, like, that are experiencing this kind of trauma in their relationships and they don't yeah. have they don't have anything to like cling to to let them know that that's perfectly normal um yeah and that it happens you I, know yeah I did like a ton of like research because you know like I don't have a child so I didn't want to like be completely like ignorant writing something that like I just don't know but I I a lot of this work like as much as it pulls from my personal life was tons and tons and tons of interviews with like different people, like, that I know from the poly community or are, like, part of, like, different, like, polycules that, like, I am, like, adjacent to or, like, people that I know, like, oh, I heard you are in a triad and you have a child, but I really need to, like, sit down and talk to you. Mm-hmm. I've also, like, talked to friends that are, like, lawyers, but, like, are illegal and, like, okay, exactly how would this play out in court? Because the idea of Parker trying to argue for that... Alex can't have maternal rights like is that something he can actually argue sure Mm -hmm. he can try he can Mm -hmm. absolutely try but it totally depends on the judge is the judge going to be like okay that's a bunch of BS or is he going to be like you know what you're right like this child deserves better and like yeah I think that's a problem that the BDSM community also has like any time that there's any kind of sexual deviancy that can be like played up. I mean, I don't know. I live in Texas, so it's maybe it's a little different here, but <laughs> there's definitely Wait, a lot. Where do you live in Texas? I live in Houston. Oh my god, no way! I had a partner who um, lived in Houston. I I, I like just came um, semi recently. 
Oh, cool. Like last year, and I like visited Houston for the first time. It's a really pretty city. Yeah, next time you're down here, we'll get you in the studio for real. Yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a yeah, small Texas world. Bad. I was I was really worried about going to Texas. I was like, I don't know, I'm queer and gender queer, and I feel like it's going to be a bunch of like American flags, and like I'm going to be like hated on, but like, I don't know, I just went and sang karaoke at a gay bar. Hell yeah. Like, Did you go to JR's? great. Um, That's I don't know where I went. The honestly. best gay karaoke. I know. I could tell you the neighborhood. What's the What's the neighborhood that you guys have? Montrose, the Fruit Loop. Yeah, you went to Montrose. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was at, I was in Montrose. Yeah, that's so badass. Yeah, I think that, like, I do love living in Houston because it does, like, we have kind of, like, this protective liberal barrier. But there's also yeah. this, like, internalized piece of it where people think that they're woke because they live in a diverse city and they probably know, yeah. you know, genderqueer people. And they, so they kind of like get this idea of like, or maybe even polyamorous people or swingers. And so they think like the work is done and they don't, yeah. they don't really examine like how they're actually talking to people or like they're, you know, yeah, continually definitely. misgendering. And like, sometimes it feels like they feel like being in the most, like one of the most liberal cities in Texas is enough and it doesn't take but a 20 right. minute drive and you're in fucking Cowtown, you know, with a bunch of people yeah, that definitely. don't have any but, idea. Like, on the opposite end of that, you guys have like a pretty pop and polyamorous community though. That's like, true. Yeah. The community's great. Yeah. One of my um, old metamors and I are still like really, really good friends. Um, and she lives in Houston. Um, and like, she tells me all about like the different, like, people that she's meeting and like I mean it's it's not entirely difficult to be polyamorous in Houston Mm -hmm, correct yeah there's a lot of support I mean we have I think the best thing that we have is that Monday nights there's always a meeting at the Montrose Center for polyamorous people to get support and that it's like kind of like it's yeah it's super cool and it's like classroom structured and people come when they want to learn about polyamory and like having that like it kind of imitates any other institution it's like this institution that everyone can go to to like get fed or get information yeah yeah we have like in new york we have um, a group up in love new york um that like is really really great about like educating the community and they do like discussion groups on like every tuesday of the month Mm -hmm. and this month's discussion topic I'm so excited about. It's on polyamory and masculinity. Ooh. And I am like, oh, my God, right up my alley. Yummy. Like, put me in the chair. And I'm like the super <laughs> annoying one discussion group. So I'm like, I'm going to answer every question. Dude, yeah. My two tags in. I have like, to go I'm when I'm, like, person. super energized because I just want to talk my face off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm really excited to, like, talk about like the ideas of toxic masculinity and how that intertwines with like being in multiple relationships and how like I think personally that polyamory kind of puts you in your place Mm. a little bit more than monogamy does because you have multiple people to like check you on like when you're not being like entirely ethical yeah for sure so yeah I'm so excited for that discussion group but we also have like um we also have, like, poly cocktails that happens once a month, and there's, like, other groups that do, like, similar cocktail hours, and, like, there's just tons of, like, different ways to connect with poly people here. Like, I, I, there's a part of me that, like, doesn't want to see Polygon succeed because I would probably have to, like, move to L.A. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't leave New York. You can do TV in New York. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. 
honestly the most stressful decision. How funny. Did you ever think you would be making decisions about this script like that? No. I honestly <laughs> never thought this would, like, turn into something. And, like, I, I had been working on it for two years, and I finally got to the point that I'm, like, I'm beating a dead horse. Like, I am, like, continuing to rewrite this thing for what? Like, what am I doing with it? Like, why do I keep obsessing over this little thing? And I felt like I didn't have the means to make it happen, and I had never produced something myself. And so I just posted a thing on Facebook, and I was just like, is anybody looking to do, like, really inclusive, new, raw, groundbreaking work on the topics of polyamory, gender, and queerness? And a bunch of people reached out to me, and I was, like, really shocked and surprised. And one of those people, um, my dear friend Pablo, um, I was looking for a director, and he called me, and he was just like, I am not the right person to direct this because I don't have as much of an understanding of, like, the gender ambiguity of, like, polyamory. He's just like, I still have a lot to learn. He's like, but I'm so invested in this, and I have to see this happen. And he basically helped me pull together a team of now six producers um, and five producers, five producers and a director. <laughs> um, and just has helped me like figure out like okay step by step like this is what we're doing now and it's scary and it's weird and like I don't know what I'm doing half the time I don't know what I'm doing 90% of the time what is half like 90% of the time I feel like I'm like flailing but <laughs> they all of them like really keep me sane and we're all very good about like delegating and splitting up work and I just never in a million years would have realized like how much work goes into putting together a pilot episode damn but yeah. I've only ever worked the other side of the camera Mm-hmm. You know, I just come in on the day that we're on set. Like, I don't think about, like, the budget that they had to put together. I don't think about, like, the scheduling that they had to do, the, like, crowdfunding that they had to do. Like, I don't think about any of that. Yeah. Come in and say my lines and have somebody pamper me with my camera makeup. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, that's really badass. Well, I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm happy for the project. I'm excited. I think it'll do well. I think that people are like really ready for polyamorous art. And I also really appreciate like, I don't know, there's, I mean, there's plenty of like web series and like underground stuff going on right now. But I think that the more we start putting work together, like now I'm going to have to dust off my fucking pilot. You know what I mean? Like everybody should start putting their work out there because we're going to break into the mainstream if we all just keep pushing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, we actually, we talked about doing it as a web series, but we felt that it would be a stronger choice for us to, um, do it as a pilot because like right now in the industry, it doesn't seem to us from like our point of view, at least, and from like other friends I have in the industry that, um, web series are taken as seriously anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of years ago, you could have something like crazy ex-girlfriend or high maintenance and have that be picked up and like made into a real show but that like just doesn't happen as much as it used to because there's so much content out there there's so yeah. many web series it's really saturated so we decided to shoot it as a, yeah so we decided to shoot it as a pilot so that hopefully we can get into a couple film festivals and have somebody there who's like that was a really entertaining 52 minutes like let's talk mm-hmm. and hopefully he's like I work for HBO. <laughs> I love your work. And you're going to be like the not problematic Lena Dunham. Yeah. And like. Which is all great. we're really trying to do out here, everyone, is be yeah. Lena Dunham, but less problematic. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
be the freak flag. Have your freak flag. Fly it high. But, like, don't be her. <laughs> That's some good advice to end on. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, we should talk again. Um, I'm definitely yeah. going to pick your brain about stuff. We can totally have you back on. Um, tell us where yeah. we can follow the project online. Like, how can we support the project? Where can we find the content? Where can we find you? Yeah, heck yes. Okay, so um, you can learn more about, about the project by going to polygonthefilm.com if you just want to, like, read the synopsis. And, like, you can shout out to me there. I've got, like, a little, like, discussion box. And, like, we can chat on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can donate to our Indiegogo campaign that's going for about 25 more days um, at indiegogo.com slash project slash polygon dash pilot. So indiegogo.com slash projects slash P-O-L-Y-G-O-N-E dash pilot. Sweet. I'll put that and, in the um, description as well, just so people can click oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, because that's what logical people do with podcasts. Like, got it. <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> and then um, we're also on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polygon the Film. I'm happy to, if anybody's listening to this and they have, like, questions or, you know, things that they want to know about the story or, like, are in situations similar to those characters. Like, a ton, a ton of research. And, like, there's nothing I love more than connecting with poly people and, you know, exploring what that means, like, to different people. So, mm-hmm. we That's don't awesome. do that in the next life. I'll be, like, a poly counselor. <laughs> I mean, we're doing our own kind of counseling here. We're, we're lubricating. I had an absolute blast talking with Shay and please go check out Polygon so that you can help them out and please go like our Facebook page and the Mockingbird Network Facebook page and you know follow your dreams. <laughs>